Wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Kurita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, please text us on 04-888-80811. That's the number where you can text during this program. If you have some questions and some remarks, please come with us. Come along to this program. Now, For the whole week, uh, we are dealing uh, with this amazing topic, a loving God and the problem of pain. Our first question was, how did a perfect creation get so ugly? Does Satan really exist? Did God create Satan? What did Christ say about evil? It's good to have David Lima with us again today from Family Voice Australia. David, uh, we are uh, talking today about a very interesting topic. Can't God deal with evil now? Mm. I'd like to ask you a question. As a Christian voice for family, faith and freedom, your ministry at Family Voice Australia is certainly busy challenging evil forces Mm. and the problem of sin. Yes. What would you like to share with us uh, in this regard, uh, David? Yes, Nick. Well, the question is a very important one. Is God able to deal with sin today? Of course, and he's dealt with sin. As a Christian ministry, we are uh, very much wanting to uphold the name of Christ. He has triumphed over evil. And so all of our communications, both to the Christian community and to the wider world, especially to the civic authorities, is one that involves us lifting up the name of Christ. So we're not just trying to be clever. <laughs> mm. We are wanting to be wise in his name in order to combat evil. So we want to commend the Christian gospel, which is that by faith in Christ we come to him, uh, we come to him sorrowfully, and we come to him in a broken manner as individuals if we respond to the message and we receive his free gift of salvation. Mm. But we're also tackling evil in the wider world in relation to those who perhaps have not yet responded to the message of Christ. They're living an evil life, yep. and they're doing wrong. And God has graciously raised up civic authorities in order to deal with them. So we recognize that that's part of God's whole mission to the world. Mm. And that's a very good point because um, so often we'll claim the freedom of choice. Yes. And uh, that's granted uh, from God. Uh, But uh, we have also responsibilities and particularly knowing and understanding the presence of evil. Yes. Because that's where probably you refer to, you know, in in terms of uh, authorities, how they are uh, in place to uh, to deal with uh, those people who disobey the law of God doing evil. Uh, they they need the wisdom of God. Mm. They need to recognize the Lordship of Christ. All right. Can you tell us uh, more about the Lordship of um, Christ yes. and the problem of evil? Yes. Well, we recognize Jesus rightly as Savior, and we think about that. We, as Christians, 
may enjoy the Lord's Supper, we think about him as Saviour quite a lot. We mm. don't think too much about him as Lord for some reason, even though he is both Saviour and Lord. So Lord means not only that he has claims over your life and mine, but he has claims over everything, including the nations. And this is not well understood in the church for some reason. That's so true. If it was, we'd be much more keen to pray for the authorities and to share the wisdom of God with them. We wouldn't just dismiss their work and let them get on with it, as mm-hmm. it were. But for for the sake of Christ, we would partner with them. So uh, Peter says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority. In other words, submit there means to be in partnership and it means looking through the authority, even though they may be not very not very wise, not not very godly, uh, but for the sake of Christ, we partner with them. We work in partnership. That means we pray for them and we help them and we try to share the wisdom of God with them. Mm. So they they have a, a biblical job description to deal with evil. So they are to commend what is right and they are to punish what is wrong. It's from Romans 13. It's also in First Peter 2. The job description of the civic authorities which relates to the lordship of Christ because he has established those authorities. The authorities that exist have been established by God, we read in Romans 13. So mm. his lordship and consequently his job description for those authorities to commend what is right, to punish those who do wrong. So unfortunately, our our civic authorities, even as recently as yesterday in the state of Victoria, are getting those two mixed up. Mm -hmm. So it is now the law, just as as of earlier this morning, uh, sadly, Nick, in Victoria, that if you try to speak to anyone in relation to their sexual behaviour, even if they ask you for your counsel and, and, and your help and your prayers, you could be running foul of the law. So instead of punishing evildoers who are promoting wrongdoing uh, and, and commending those who do right, they're punishing those who are doing right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. And you mentioned uh, about uh, uh, civic authorities, uh, David. I just want to ask, uh, uh, do they understand the lordship of Christ and the problem of evil? Well, it's paradoxical. Again, we go back to Victoria. Now, written in the lobby is the statement from Proverbs, which speaks about in a multitude of counsellors there's wisdom. Now, there's been a multitude of counsel given to the Victorian Parliament uh, right up until yesterday, and the majority, the overwhelming majority of MPs have ignored that wisdom, which is Christian wisdom, which is delivered in the name of Christ, and they've written it onto the floor of their very Parliament, but they still don't get it. So we need, as God's people, to examine our consciences in this matter and figure out why has this happened under our watch why do we keep electing people who seem to stand for wrongdoing? Mm. And what are we going to do about it? So uh, they do not understand the lordship of Christ, and, uh, and, uh, and it's partly our responsibility as God's people because we haven't prayed, we haven't engaged, we haven't submitted ourselves in the, in the sense of stakeholding. So there's more work for the Christian community to do in this matter, Nick. Mm. Uh, David, uh, we talked uh, about this a few times uh, we are um, here in Australia still under the crown, you yes, know. Yes. I know that it's um, something happening right now, uh, anniversary of... The the Queen will tomorrow reach 69 years of service as Queen of Australia and of the other realms of which she's sovereign. So next year will be the 70th anniversary. Now, the Queen made Christian promises and the members of Parliament that I've mentioned, along with our judges, our police, our military forces, have promised allegiance to her So they ought to know what she promised on that day in that Christian ceremony. She 
personally has never wavered from her Christian promises, and it's so tragic that those who are set under her do not understand that whole process. She seeks to serve Christ, and every civic authority should do that as well, but they will only do so as we pray and as we encourage and bring about a reformation in this country, Nick. Mm, Wonderful. David, thank you so much for coming with us again. Uh, May God bless you and bless uh, Family Voice Australia as you are uh, raising concerns. And uh, wherever you go, uh, stay tall. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. And if you like to uh, get in touch with us during this program, you can send us a message to 04888081811. Our co-host today is Tracy Papandreou. Tracy is active in the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in Adelaide and is a passionate person about spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Tracy, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Nick. I'm really happy to be here. Now, you are the first time with us, and uh, we may need to know a little bit more about yourself. But um, just before we we moving on into our uh, uh, program and uh, the big question we have for today, now you were worshipping at Brighton Church, and something happens at Brighton Church Tomorrow. Yes. What's that related with us here? Well, today we're going to be talking on the topic of can't God deal with evil now? And uh, um, we're going to be going through that. But Pastor Gary there, the the pastor at Brighton Church, he's going to be going through it in great detail tomorrow. So he's a great pastor. I mean, we have good pastors in all our churches. Um, But uh, I really look forward to what he's got to say on the topic there as as well. So we welcome everybody to come along to Brighton Church and... uh, yeah, you'll be location. Best. Location? Do you know the uh, the address? Yes, it's in Amelia Street at Hove. Amelia Street, Hove. Tomorrow, from eleven o'clock, Pastor Gary Hodgkin is dealing with this particular topic. And if you like to know more and um, bring some questions with you, please feel free to attend uh, that tomorrow morning. Now, Gary is uh, one of our hosts here on Faith FM on Drive Time, and we are thankful uh, to Gary for all his ministry. Tracy, all this week, you know, we've been talking in the program about how evil entered our world. Mm. After all, uh, God had proclaimed at the end of the sixth day of creation that everything was very good. Mm. Now, how did our world get from there to the terrible state in which is today. Wars, rumors of wars, death, diseases, pestilences. We are currently living the effects of, of the COVID-19 right now, mm. right here. Mm. We are uh, in the middle of it. 
not so much in Australia and in Adelaide, particularly we are thankful uh, to God uh, uh, for that, uh, but all around the, the world, you know, millions of people having already, you know, uh, suffered mm. and lots of deaths uh, from this. Uh, not to mention how often we hear about natural disasters like earthquakes, tsunami, um, destructive flooding, both man and nature are weighted down terribly by the effects that evil has brought into this world. Now, we discovered earlier this week that the origin of this evil in our world came from Lucifer, God's chief angel. When he decided to rebel, God's well-ordered and happy environment in heaven in heaven, can you imagine that? And that was due to pride mm. that he had grown in his heart and his desire to have the same importance and standing as God, mm. the creator. Essentially, that act of rebellion sent our ancestors and us on the path towards difficult lives and certain destruction with no hope of escape from the associated pain. But for a beautiful and loving plan that God put in place to rescue us. And we are going to to touch a little bit more on that as we go. But why doesn't God just completely eliminate evil from our world right here, right now, today? Well, that's what... My co-host, Tracy, and I, we are going to look at in particularly. Now, Tracy, this is a big and difficult topic. I understand that. And uh, in a way, I feel with you that we put you through this in your first program with us. What are your thoughts on this, Tracy? Well, Nick, I have to admit that when I discovered that this was a topic that we'd be dealing with today, On my first time with the team, I felt a bit intimidated. This is such an important topic because I believe it's one of the biggest reasons people don't open themselves up to wanting to know more about God and know him deeply. Now, what's that? Um, Can you explain a bit more why you say that? Well, Nick, are you like me in that you've found yourself in a really difficult position having to defend God when a non-believer asks you something like, if God is so loving, then why does he let little children die from starvation in Mm -hmm. Africa? And also you get things like, if God is so loving, then why doesn't he do something about all these children who are trafficked around the world for sex? These are innocent children who've done nothing. Why does he allow such things if he's so loving? Mm. And you're right, Tracy, and uh, that cannot be really, uh, you know, um, answered in a, in a sentence or two. You know, I mean, we need, we need more, more time. But yeah, uh, please, uh, please just share a little bit more with us. Yeah, I mean, it, as you said, it's not something you can answer in two sentences. And so it does put you in a very difficult situation when, when people give you those questions. It really needs a deep understanding of God's plan of redemption to under, understand the entirety of the plan. Sometimes we have to look beyond what our eyes see mm-hmm. with the knowledge in our hearts of God's goodness and love. 
In the end, actually, I'm really glad to be talking about this because it gives us a chance to give some clear answers to such questions that some of our listeners may have grappled with. And it also gives us an opportunity mm -hmm. to defend God's honour. You know, it really breaks my heart when our God, who actually is love, and we know that because 1 John 4, 8 says, he who does not love does not know God, yes. or God is love. So this God, who is love, when he's portrayed as a punishing tyrant, it's it's really difficult. And I can certainly vouch for his love and goodness in my life, and so it hurts me when there are some who misunderstand his motives and mm. can't see his love. Mm, mm. Uh, and so you've experienced God's love and goodness for yourself. Maybe um, then before we get into talking about the subject of evil, you might be able to tell us a bit of uh, um, about your own experience with God, a bit of your story. And uh, I want to actually uh, ask you if you would like to come with me for a special program in the footsteps of Jesus, which I produce on this uh, uh, for this station and share a little bit more. Elaborate, but probably uh, right now, for example, how did you come to have the deep relationship with God that you have today? Nick, I was brought up by parents who are nominal believers, and so they did their duty. They uh, christened me, and we went to church at Christmas time. And, you know, there were also things now and then, like I remember I was given a beautiful illustrated children's Bible when I was about five years old, and I really treasured that. Actually, I still have that so many years later, and when I open it up, you know, it just evokes these wonderful feelings, remembering how I loved this book as a child. And since then, my mum has told me that I actually was quite a spiritual child. Um, but my relationship with God was a distant one. I had this little prayer that I made up as a child that I'd say before I went to bed, and that's a practice I continued until well into my early 20s. It was really only maybe when I found myself in trouble that I'd pray to God. That, w that was just the, the basic extent of, of my relationship with God at that time. In my late teens, there was a pull to know God better, and now and again I'd go to church. I remember mm. saying to my parents, I found it easier to be good and do the right thing when I went to church. But again, that was just simply all it was. And then in my late 20s, I married a man who was a staunch atheist, and he would just roll his eyes at me if I ever made a statement about God. But what really changed things was when my world was turned upside down in my early 30s, when my younger brother attempted suicide. Mm, mm. So he, w he was struggling with the pain of a wife who'd left him after the marriage had been in rapid decline for a year or so. And he had a lot of confusion and problems in his life at that point in time. But what it did to me was previously I'd been chasing money, possessions, career, and this despair that my brother felt to the point that he wished to end his life really mm. made me question the true meaning and purpose of life. It made me question where I was placing my focus and value and, you know, what, what brings true happiness. It, it really stopped me in my tracks. But God used my difficulty and confusion for good and by coincidence – but we know that nothing mm, is nah. coincidence. It's really incidents directed by God instead. Soon after, um, a brochure came in my mailbox for a six-week course on how to read the Bible. Now, what you have to know is that I previously thought that the Bible was just this dusty old book with no relevance for today. 
But given I believed in God and, and really wanting to understand more about life's real purpose, I was open to understanding mm. more. Now, this course that I did was a non-denominational course and strictly just about exploring the origins of the Bible, the proof for its veracity, and what the Bible actually said. And what I discovered was that rather than being a dusty old book with no relevance, it was so relevant for today. Yeah. What I discovered was people don't change. The people that are written about in the Bible are the same as us. The context might be a little bit different, particularly in the Old Testament, and sometimes you might have to understand a little bit about the customs of the day to understand the text clearly, but really the word is so up-to-date and relevant for us today. Mm, mm. And, and, and you know, uh, saying that uh, I came across uh, um, of this kind of thinking growing up in a communist country and... Mm. uh, People used to think, um, I used to think, Bible is maybe only for, only for those people who don't have anything else to do, all, all the people or something mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, when we think about the living word of God who can make a change and mm-hmm. transform you, and that's what we are going to link a little bit later to this. I mean, uh, why God is not putting an end to the evil right now? Because God is dealing with us. You yes. know, God wants us to be right with him yes. and he will deal with the, with the evil one and the, the yeah. sin. I mean, he dealt with sin for us you yeah. know, on the cross. But yeah, please just share a bit more, uh, Tracy. Sure. So after that um, course, uh, um, there was a one-year reading program that mm-hmm. we were lift, left with, reading of the Bible. And during that year, I can only say that the Holy Spirit just continued to draw me and draw me in and my love for God and his word grew. And I just knew I was changed forever. I started going to church regularly and I noticed that whenever I entered the church and saw the cross on the wall, I would be overcome with emotion. I was just so aware of how much I'm loved by God that he sent his son to die specifically for me. And I was also so aware that um, it was me and my sins that had put him on the cross. And so I just wanted to allow him to transform me into a better version of myself, that perfect version that he'd planned at the time when he knit me together in my mother's womb, you know. So, um, so you know, I was brought along to a certain point, but there were still gaps in my knowledge that mm-hmm. God continued to work on. Not long after that, I received another flyer in my mailbox. Here we go, another coincidence, for a program called Jesus 2000. And what I think is funny about this was it was run by the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And although I didn't know one Seventh-day Adventist, I just was biased and I thought, oh, they're a weird denomination because Mm. they're not mainstream. But I really wanted to understand the Bible better. So I decided to go along to the meetings and I thought, well, that will be it. I'll go to the meetings and afterwards I'll just return to my church and my denomination. But in exploring the Bible further as part of those meetings, I discovered that the church I was attending taught its followers things that were not in the Bible Mm. or even at times contrary to the teachings of the Bible. Mm. So at the end of the long course, I really felt I had to be true to God's word and that meant I just couldn't return to my previous church. I was baptized by immersion a couple of years later into a life with Christ and fellowship in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And so here I am more than 20 years later, having experienced the many paths and unexpected adventures and twists and turns in life that come when you decide to partner with God 
and be led by him. I, mm. I think it's really interesting. There's so many people who think that a Christian life is a boring life. It's, it's a life with a bunch of rules. But I can vouch that it can just be so amazing when you put your life in his hands. You can end up in places you never expected, doing things you never expected. And, you know, you experience the true, true joy of knowing that you're living out a purpose-filled life because you're getting your life in line with the wonderful plans he has for you. And that just brings a real peace that is priceless. And I don't think you can be found in from any other means in the world. My life hasn't been a bed of roses mm. since then. Like everyone, I've had my difficulties. But facing difficulties with the knowledge that an amazing God who loves me more than I can imagine and has got my back really does make things easier and brings an inner peace and contentedness. So, you know, if if I kind of look back at the origins of my deeper walk with God, I see that in fact it was born out of pain and confusion. But that's not really surprising. God's word tells us in Romans eight twenty eight, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You know, I love that verse because it helps me to know that even amidst difficulty and pain, if you'll give it all to God, stay close to him and let him guide you, he has a plan for you and a way to turn that pain into something good, whether it be for you or someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tracy, wow, you know, that's a lovely, lovely story. And it's so uplifting to hear how people have found their way to a deeper relationship with God and how we can take pain and suffering and make something good out of it. You know, we are going to take a short break here, Tracy, and I will, I will come back um, to you. Please don't hesitate to send us a message on 4 and share with us. We are talking today about this uh, very important topic. Can't God deal with evil now? And Tracy, we have a, a special program tomorrow at your church. Pastor yes. Gary Hodgkin, which is uh, one of our uh, uh, hosts uh, on Drive Time here, he's speaking about this subject. Can you share about uh, time yes. and location? Yes. So at 11 a.m., uh, that's when the service will start. And uh, Pastor Gary will be talking on this topic. And we welcome everybody along. It's a lovely church. I really love it. So, you know, we, we welcome everybody. And there's a lunch afterwards as well. Oh, you know? that's, so people, uh, we that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so. that's on Amelia Street. Yes. Amelia Street Hove. Hove. Amelia Street Hove. If you like to make your way, if you live in the area there, or if you want to just have a nice drive uh, to towards Brighton, then uh, Seventh-day Adventist, uh, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, 11 o'clock, I believe. Believe will be yes. this, but you can arrive earlier. I think they have a Bible study there too. Yes. Um, also, I like to make another um, uh, announcement here, a bit of uh, advertising for uh, our planting church in uh, Mosson Lake. And um, now you are invited to attend Mosson Lakes anytime if you if you are in the area, if you like to come and meet some of the Faith FM listeners who um, find Jesus and um, the Word of God made a. a, a change you know in in their in their lives and come across and meet some of those uh, people there now tomorrow also in the afternoon we have um, introduction to a wonderful program called forgive to live if you have some uh, struggles 
issues. As Tracy just mentioned about even in her own family, uh, there was issues. Um, please come along. It will be an info session, and we are going to run this program over the next few weeks. Forgive to live. Come on um, uh, it, at Moson Lakes. It's number 12 to 24, Garden Terrace, Moson Lakes, and the venue is Denison Center. We're going to take a short break and listen to a song right now, and we'll be back shortly. Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. This is so sweet to trust in Jesus. so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how trust him how I proved you more and more Jesus Jesus precious Jesus oh for grace to trust him Jesus, save your friend, and I know that he is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved you more and more. Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, a big Q&A. And I'm Nick Rita. Our co-host today is Tracy. 
and I um, tried to pronounce that uh, name, and I think I did it okay at the beginning, but I'm not. Uh, you did fine. Not, you not did pushing, fine. not pushing my um, my luck too far, Tracy. <laughs> but it's good to have you with us um, uh, today, and we are dealing with a very uh, important question, uh, Tracy. Today, uh, can't God deal with evil now, right now? And uh, just before the the break, uh, Tracy, you are sharing with us uh, a bit of your work, mm. your experience with God, and how God guided you and directed you and answered some of the questions which you had, particularly when you you, you talked to us about uh, that sad part when mm. your brother attempted uh, suicide, suicide yes. you know, and uh, obviously you had a lots of questions in your mind, yes. and. We all have. Mm. We all have. And uh, it was a lovely story um, uh, to, to hear. That's what I said uh, a bit early. I'm uh, very keen to have you to share more of that uh, of that story. So maybe that's a good place uh, for us to start uh, to begin to look in more detail to our topic for today. We'd love if God will take the pain away. You know, that's uh, that's the first thing to deal with the evil right now why do you think he doesn't just do that now does he not have the power to is satan, is satan in control um, of our world right now and he can't act what do you think tracy well you know nick i'm sure at times it looks like that from what we see happening before our very eyes as though god is too weak and satan has him pinned down and going down for the count in this battle between good and evil but we know that god is more powerful than satan revelation 12 tells us that war broke out in heaven and michael that's another name for jesus Mm -hmm. and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels so Verse 9 says, The great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So we know that uh, that God is is stronger than than Satan. Why do you think uh, uh, God didn't destroy Satan at that time? Well, how would that have looked to the remaining angels? Don't cross God or you're dead. God's amazing love created both us and the angels with free will because he wants us to freely love him. Love without freedom to reject a person is not true love. And in giving us free will, he really showed how much he loves us. He was willing to take the risk that we might choose not to love him just so we could have that freedom. So God's plan is a perfect plan to restore our world to the idyllic place it once was before sin entered. He wants to completely eradicate it from this world and to do all that is required to ensure it will never rise up again. He also needs to deal with it in a way that would not cause him to lose people who may not come to him because they see him as a harsh Mm. tyrant Mm. or fear him. He doesn't want people to serve him out of fear, but instead to voluntarily give their hearts to him and see the wisdom in following all the counsel and commands he's given us. Wow. Uh, Does the Bible give us any hints as to how the plan of eradication of evil might play out. Yes, absolutely. That's what I love about the Bible. There's just, if you dig, there's so much in there. So the, the one of the, 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 um, 
text that really draws this out is the parable that Jesus told his followers in Matthew 13. That gives us an insight into God's plan and the process which must take place for the eventual eradication Mm -hmm. of sin. In that parable, Jesus talks about how the kingdom of heaven is like a field where good seed had been sowed by the farmer and how that suddenly he suddenly finds that there are tares among the wheat. Mm-hmm. Now, tares isn't a word we use these days, but it just means weeds. Actually, I had to look this up. I looked up the definition and it said tares means an injurious weed resembling corn when young. So that's something mm. new. And, and it's also very similar with some of the weed uh, plant, you know, um, yeah, I know when, um, where I grew up because I grew up at the farm mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, we kind of understood that when we saw uh, that kind of weed, which was very similar to, to the wheat, which mm. you, we, we have there. And that's the confusion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in this parable, um, the farmer's servants, they ask him where the weeds have come from, given that he sowed good seed. And the farmer replies, an enemy has done this. So they then ask him if he wants them to pull out the tares, to which the response in Matthew thirteen twenty nine to 30 is, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you dig up also the wheat with them. Mm-hmm. Let both grow together until the harvest, and in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into the barn." So the disciples, as was often the case, they didn't understand this parable. And so once the crowds had left, they asked him to explain it further. And Jesus is very clear in Matthew thirteen thirty-seven to 43. He says, the one who sowed the good seed, or if you like, the farmer, mm-hmm. is the son of man. The field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. So let's translate that parable using the definitions which Christ gave. The Son of Man, Christ, has sown good seed in the world. So through the work of the Holy Spirit, he's growing people for his kingdom. But the devil, through his influence, has sown weeds. He's got his followers too. And at this point, many may not even realize they are following him, unfortunately. So like crops, the Lord has to wait for the right time to harvest. The crop must be ready, fully mature. And so in our world, God is also waiting to allow people the time to open themselves to the Holy Spirit and turn to him. Yes, I, I know in the second Peter, uh, in uh, chapter 3, for example, verse 9, it tells us the Lord is not slack concerning his um, promise, as some uh, count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. His plan show his, shows his love, uh, Tracy, and uh, uh, patience with us. I really mm. like this passage. God, it's a long-suffering God. Absolutely. Yes, the parable of the wheat and the tears shows us at the end of the time there's only going to be two groups. There'll be those who are aligned, who've aligned themselves with God and His kingdom and those who've chosen not to and by default have given their allegiance to Satan. But God desires that everyone would give their hearts to Him, but He can't force. Mm. Jesus came to this world and showed us the nature of God and far from a punishing tyrant, His nature was that of a gentle lamb 
So Jesus explains that there's a long-term plan to deal with evil. He doesn't want to deal with evil right now because in the process it may cause him to lose some who might otherwise have followed him, but because of his harshness decide not to. Yeah. And if he sought to remove evil from this world at this point, he'd close off the possibility of some who may in future turn from their sin and turn to him through the persistent work of the Holy Spirit seeking to draw people to him. So uh, going back to those um, examples uh, of the starving uh, children and the children being um, uh, trafficked for sex, uh, um, what do you think is the real problem behind each of these issues and um, uh, the many other terrible things that happen in this world, Tracy? These awful things happen because of selfishness. And a, a lack of love for our fellow man. Yes, people have moved uh, so far away from God's law that we are living in the, um, you know, uh, how do you call that uh, repercussion of, mm. of, of it, you know? Yes. Uh, very lawless society. Yeah, yeah, indeed. In Matthew 22, 36 to 40, we see one of the Pharisees asking Jesus a question about which is the great commandment in the law. And Jesus responds, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Mm. So basically he summed up the Ten Commandments in these two commandments. Love God with all your being and, and really love others. And if we truly loved God with all of our being... We're going to be open to allowing him to transform our, transform our minds and hearts. Yes. Through the Holy Spirit, we slowly become more aware of our fellow man and we have a natural desire to relieve the suffering of others, to do all we can to not hurt a fellow human being that grows in us. And we become aware that everyone's a child of God who he wishes to see come to the kingdom and and also Galatians 5 tells us that when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit we'll produce good results or good fruit if you like yes so Galatians 5:22 says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long suffering kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control And further along, we're told that those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, were counseled to live and walk in the Spirit. And even further, uh, Ezekiel 36.27 says, And I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to work in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. I just think, what a gift the Spirit is. We need only to turn to God and ask for His Spirit. Yep. He longs to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit to, to help us, you know, and we need that because Satan lied to the angels about the true nature of sin. He managed to convince a third of them who wow. were also cast out from heaven with him. And he continues to lie to us today. He minimizes sin. He makes us think that we should think of ourselves, put ourselves first, not to worry about others. And mm. so mm. without the help of the Holy Spirit in transforming us, we automatically think and act this way. So unfortunately, God 
just he has to allow us to see the full effects of sin so that we are so abhorred by it we want nothing to do it so to do with it and so that's hard you know that's very hard for us you know uh, and particularly those people who are put in a in a very difficult uh, situations mm. you know uh, with uh, being having children molested and uh, all, all those yes. things you know that's very hard yes. but we need to learn about this loving god a little bit more before we um, we draw a, a conclusion Abs- absolutely as we talked earlier mm. you know it's it's a process it's not a click the fingers and and it will all be gone you know we we have to uh really understand the 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 true nature of sin so that when satan whispers in our ear and and tries to tempt us we'll instead flee from sin yeah. you know yeah. at 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 that time when when law when the lords eliminated satan and his followers There won't remain anyone who's not aware of the disastrous and far-reaching results of sin. You know, after all, God created a perfect world and perfect beings, and sin still entered the world. Mm. At that time, though, no one knew the full effects of sin or the knowledge of evil. We're not going to be made into robots when we go to heaven. We will still have free will, just as Lucifer and the angels did But God needs us to understand the full terrible effects of sin that we voluntarily seek to do all we can to line our free will up with his precepts and will. And we can't do that unless we really completely understand how ugly sin is and the Holy Spirit has transformed us completely. Just Mm. just think, Nick, sin is such an enormous problem and so detrimental to our universe that the only solution was for God to send his son in the form of Jesus to die for us. That's that's huge. That that helps you to just see how how huge and and destructive sin is. Yes, and I guess uh, maybe an analogy that we can use uh, uh, from today to help us understand uh, what God is doing now is like when a you know a father sometimes will need to allow a teenager who thinks they know best and know better than their uh, father. And uh, I've been in that position who who tries to tell them not to do something, uh, to follow their own will in order uh, that they might see or feel firsthand the negative consequences of those wrong choices. You know, they, they can uh, feel that in doing so, the child then will voluntarily, um, you know, will want to do the right thing and made, make good choices um to avoid the negative results uh, our father in heaven needs to deal with us and our world in this way also because of the father's love and his desire for his children to make right choices that he makes the difficult decision to let the child feel to feel the consequences of wrong choices our heavenly father loves us so much more than any father on earth love his child. And it is difficult for God to allow this, but he must do so in order for the best outcome for all of us mm. and for eternity, Tracy. Mm-mm. Yes, but the good news is that he hasn't just left us in our sin and mess with no help. He's told us that he'll walk through the difficulties and be by our side. Psalm 46, one tells us God is our refuge refuge and strength, a mm-hmm. very present help in trouble. The Lord desires to lead and guide us to the right path. You know, I, I, I love this particular text as well. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, 
your your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In all times, we just need to come to him to bring our joys, our sorrows, our difficulties all to him. That's a beautiful passage in the Bible. I, I like that. And uh, and there are also responsibilities that, um, you know, that come uh, when we decide to follow God. God has sent his Holy Spirit to help us. Is there anything he asked of us? Yes, yes. He's commissioned his followers, the church, to be his hands and feet, to feed the hungry, clothe the poor, comfort the suffering. The desire to help those who need our support springs from our relationship with God. If we ask the Holy Spirit to transform us, he'll put that desire in our hearts. Yes, uh, there are texts in the Bible um, which tell us um, how important uh, this is. Um, just before we moving on, Tracy, I'm um, aware of the fact that we have quite a few messages coming through mm. from our listeners. And there is one here which I think I would like to, to give attention to this. And this uh, from Carlo. Thank you, Carlo, for writing us this message. And he's saying, um, Nick, speaking of the fighting of evil for the glory of God and in defense of the uh, voiceless uh, people, you know, uh, and, and maybe the, uh, people who cannot defend themselves, mm. you know. Uh, he's, he's saying here, please tell our, uh, your listeners, I mean, uh, about that uh, walk of life. Now, tomorrow, uh, apparently, the law of abortion, uh, allowing abortion right right up to the uh, the birth you know just before uh, before the the birth it will be uh, held um, before the south australian parliament and if you like to join the walk of life this saturday the 6th of february at pennington gardens opposite uh, st uh, peter cathedral uh, gates open at 9:30 a.m. and thank you for supporting this protest because mm. it's uh, i mean and we should voice out this i mean that's what we're yes. doing even here voicing out uh, god's god's plan and as i said a bit um, earlier uh, tracy uh, Yes, when God is helping us, uh, eventually, we also want to help others. Mm, mm. And there's texts in the Bible which tell us how important this is. So Isaiah 58.10 says, If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. So essentially your help, or if you like your light, will shine into the lives of those you're helping and lighten their dark situations. And also Matthew twenty five, thirty one to forty six talks about how important it is to the Lord that we are relieving the suffering of others. To the Lord it'll be a sign of how surrendered we are to him. Helping others will be something which becomes second nature to us. Listen to what the text says. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, 
Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, mm. or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did, did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly mm. I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Yes. So in this text we see that God's followers are relieving suffering, but they're not doing it out of a motive of wanting to win gold stars for God. He has to remind them actually that he sympathizes so intensely with those who are suffering that when those people are helped, it's like he himself was helped. And I can say that I've been on the receiving end of that recently. Having just moved from Sydney to Adelaide, mm. I was a stranger. But the lovely folks at Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church have been Jesus' hands and feet to me, and they've made me feel like part of the family. So, Praise I, God. Yeah, mm. yeah. I can vouch for how lovely it feels to be on the receiving end of that service and love. You know, God's plan, when implemented rightly through transformed hearts in his followers, is fulfilled beautifully. Mm. He can't remove the evil and difficulties now, but if us followers are surrendered to his will, being directed by and obedient to the Holy Spirit, then we can relieve some of that pain with his help, you know, and, and, and God gives us additional help to do his will. He gives spiritual gifts to believers when they come to him so that together as a body, the church, they might work, work in unity for the common good of all. Corinthians 2, 7, 11 gives us some insight into this. Nick, maybe you might want to read that for us. Yes, um, uh, Tracy. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To other, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by that one Spirit, to another miracle powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He uh, uh, determines. So, Nick, we can see through this that God really is seeking to make our paths straight, to give us help to make right decisions, to give us powers and knowledge that we may not otherwise have to help us and others through the difficult and uncertain times of this current world. And we know from the Word of God, we know that He's not insensitive to our suffering. In fact, He tells us that He keeps account of every one of our tears. That, that's just amazing. Psalm 56, 8 tells us, You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Yes, yes. Tracy, time is running away from us uh, and we need to really conclude with uh, with few thoughts um, here. How would you like to just uh, bring it a little bit together uh, in few thoughts? So, Nick, I'd just like to summarize what we went through because we've been through quite a bit. Number one, God's in control. If 
It were his will, he's strong enough to eliminate evil now. Number two, God chooses not to eliminate evil now because all the inhabitants of the world must understand how truly destructive sin is in order that they will voluntarily flee from sin and line their will up with his precepts and commands which are always given for our happiness. Three, God also does not eliminate evil now for fear of losing anyone who may reject him because they see him as a punishing tyrant. Four, we're not going to be robots in heaven. We'll still mm. have free will. And so this is why our will must be aligned with his voluntarily, gladly, in order for rebellion and sin to never break out again. So five, God desires that no one would perish. So he's allowing our world as much time as necessary so that every person will have had a chance to make their decision to give their life to him. Six, God is not distant. He understands our pain and suffering and he feels as if it were happening to himself. And seven, God's short-term plan is for pain and suffering to be eased through the help of the Holy Spirit um, who can give us peace in the midst of storm and also through his church. His followers, who being transformed by the Holy Spirit, grow to have an automatic desire to seek out and help the lonely, poor and downtrodden in society. He wants us to be his hands and feet until the end when he can eliminate the suffering and evil will be no more. Yes, uh, wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Tracy, for um, uh, talking to us today and sharing with us uh, what a beautiful place that will be and uh, what a wonderful promise for us while we are still alive in this imperfect uh, world. I would just like to conclude with a short uh, prayer. Uh, Almighty God, Father in heaven, thank you so much for uh, what you are doing, for your long suffering for dealing with pain and suffering right now here and please help us to go through with this trusting in you. May God richly bless you, all of you listening and please come back again uh, with us uh, when we talk about uh, the Bible, uh, Jesus and the end times. That will be a very interesting one. Until then, may God richly bless you and I'm leaving you with this uh, song, I Know Who Holds Tomorrow. Don't worry for the future